Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Voice of Reason podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Boyce, and today's guest is Christoph Elston, who is a Vancouver, BC-based father and speaker on street corners. He's been participating in activism with regards to women's and children's rights within the domain of gender ideology, and specifically the way in which children's gender dysphoria whatever that actually means, is being universally treated in Canada along the affirmation model track, up to and including uh, puberty suppression and cross-sex hormones. Christoph is really wanting to get more discussion happening about this issue up in Canada because it's not really being discussed. And so that's what he's doing. And I wanted to provide him more of a platform so that people specifically up in Canada and in Vancouver can get on board with what he's doing and participate in these very necessary discussions. So without further ado, here is Chris Elston. How you doing? How's Vancouver treating you? Uh, sometimes Vancouver treats me really well. And sometimes it's a little abusive, but I love Vancouver. It's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> it That's something I, I'm in the Pacific Northwest as well. And in a number of different vectors, it over the last 20 years, probably like five years especially, but it was kind of ramping up over the last 10 years, it went from like a very nice, kind of almost paradisical, paradisical realm into this really kind of smoldering with anger and I guess some form of like justice lusting. Yes, yes. All the, all the, all the youngsters are full of social justice, aren't they? Okay. Yeah. It is a yeah. generational thing, isn't it? A hundred percent. And I think we're the, I'm, I'm assuming you're around my age, maybe a little younger, but I think we're the last generation that kind of grew up and got through our adolescence and our early adult years without social media. Yeah. Yeah. So we're pretty much the last generation that understands what real life is supposed to be like, I think. Well, because our brains aren't hmm. hardwired for social media. We're not equipped to handle it as adults, but uh, certainly not as youngsters, that's for sure. It's very interesting. I wonder in what ways humanity will adapt and if what we're seeing now is a part of that adaptation. Oh, <laughs> I hope this isn't part of the adaptation because we're not adapting very well. <laughs> no, We're going the wrong direction, right? In, in what respect, do you think? Well, um, all this gender stuff, all the critical race theory stuff, all this social justice nonsense, the cancellations, mm. cancel culture. It's become a bit of a rat culture. A you rat culture. Yeah, you can't put one foot wrong. Okay. And you get ratted out, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. When yeah. did this first kind of come across your antennae? Well, boy, it's been, uh, it's just been growing and growing for years. I've been really aware of what's been happening on university campuses for a long time where speech isn't really allowed unless it's the preferred speech. Hmm. And, uh, you know, conservatives have been shouted down and not permitted to speak. And um, I don't think it matters really what person's views are. You should be able to speak on a university campus of all places. Hmm. Mm -hmm. That should be the one area in this world where freedom of speech and debate and all of that is allowed, but it's not. And it's now bleeding into all of our institutions because all of these social justice warriors graduate and get hired. And it doesn't take long, as we've seen, all these institutions are becoming captured by these social justice warriors. One by one by one. Yeah. Barry, Barry Weiss has written about it really well. Hmm. Um, got canceled herself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's madness out there, for sure. Would you say that you 
are a conservative? Have you become a conservative? Where do you and and it, you're Canadian too, so you guys are all a bunch of yeah, kind of so slightly commies, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think you know, I think I'm pretty central centrist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have probably been more conservative when I was younger. I worked in stock markets for a long time, so uh, you can't really do that and be a left winger, I don't think. Hmm. But, um, you know, on some issues, I would certainly be more left of the spectrum uh, in terms of what conservatives believe anyway. And on other issues, I might be considered conservative. Mm -hmm. But conservatism and liberalism have become so polarized. uh, I think most sensible people these days kind of find themselves in the middle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I would be in favor of, uh, you know, government provided drug supply for addicts and $15 minimum wage and things like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, on some other issues, I'm more in favor of freedom for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think government gets a little too much control sometimes. Yeah. 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 Did you, have you always been in Vancouver? Is this your, uh, that's your area? Yeah. I grew up in the suburbs. Yeah. Okay. I live in the suburbs. Yeah. I'm just five minutes across the border. If you take the I five, up mm-hmm. north and go across the border, you kind of drive right by my house. Oh. Yeah, I'm right on. The I-5 turns into the 99, and I can see that from my house. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm really close to the border. I'm just four miles from the border. Okay. So you're, like, uh, facilitating the uh, transmission of many economic and viral goods, I suppose, like being right there on the border, watching them pass through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's It's a bit – it's a little far away. I'm kind of beside – this uh, big green space, there's some hydro towers there, which were helpful when we were building our house because we got a discount on the lot. Oh, interesting. You know, yeah. Uh, because no one wants to live by them. But I love it because we have this huge parkland right beside our house and we're in a cul-de-sac and I've got two little kids, so it's great for them to play in. Great. And I built a maze out there and I've, I've kind of taken some of that city property for my own and added about 12,000 square feet of lawn and I built a community <laughs> garden and I planted oh, wow. some fruit trees and... And it's not even my land, but it's kind of like our huge front yard. So that's oh, cool. wow. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. And so you've been doing this poster project or billboard uh, barrage uh, for when did, when was the first poster you guys put up? Or billboard. Uh, the first billboard ended up going up on September 11th. Um, I was told it was going to go up one day that week. So I kept driving downtown every day to see if it was up because the salesperson couldn't tell me. And on the fifth day, it finally went up. <laughs> and then it came down on the very next day. Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to tell the people who aren't uh, familiar with this uh, hijink? I, I don't know if there's a singular yeah, for hijinks, but... I didn't consider it hijinks myself, but... Um, so in the summer of last year... I guess it was in July, Posey Parker in Scotland put up a poster outside the Edinburgh train station that said, I heart JK Rowling, and it got taken down the next day. And I've been following all this stuff for a while now. And I have two little girls, so mm-hmm. I take more of an interest in this because they're getting to that age now where they're going to be hitting puberty and dealing with all of these social factors. But... I just was somewhat gobsmacked that you can't even put up a poster that says I heart JK Rowling. She's the world's greatest children's author. And I've been reading Harry Potter every night with my little one for about a year now. We're, we're just finishing the fifth book tonight. Oh, wow. So, so, uh, you know, I was also acutely aware of JK Rowling (laughs) and all of her statements on this gender stuff. But anyway, I just, thought it was so ridiculous that you can't even put up a poster saying you love the world's greatest children's author. And so I kind of had enough and I've had enough of all the nonsense going on with the definition of woman itself being redefined. Mm-hmm. And I've got two little girls and I don't really want to send them off into the world that doesn't know what a woman is anymore. So I uh, just decided to do something here and I, plotted some ideas for a day and I reached out to Patterson Outdoor, which is our big sign company here. And the salesperson couldn't really find me a good location. So I 
one day I drove around for three hours downtown and I found a few spots. I, I literally drove every road leading into downtown Vancouver and there was a pretty good location that didn't have anything on it. So I reached out to my sales guy hmm. and it was one of those billboards that used to rotate, but it had just become a static billboard. So that's why it hadn't been sold to anyone yet. And so I got that and I told them, look, there's going to be some backlash from this billboard. And the sales guy just said, okay, well, we can always ask for forgiveness later. And I said, that's <laughs> And um, it went up and then everyone freaked out. And a Vancouver City Councillor by the name of Sarah Kirby Young called it hate speech, even though it has a heart on it, which is really interesting. <laughs> and so she reached out to Patterson and they covered it up the next day. And the internet went a little bit crazy. And I reached out on Twitter and I said, if you want to do this in your own city, I will help. I'll take all the heat. I'll do all the work. I just need help with funding. And right away, uh, an executive, a woman from Silicon Valley reached out. And she sent me $3,000 US. And I raised about another 1500 from Canadians. From Utah reached out. And we ended up doing billboards throughout Utah, Los Angeles, Portland. Uh, I did a separate project and raised about twelve or thirteen thousand. And we did um, screens all throughout the underground metro in Washington D.C. And then finished off that campaign with a billboard in Times Square. Oh wow! So, okay, jeez, yeah. marketing blitz. Just, a little bit. I just did two more in Times Square a couple weeks ago as well. Um, just for a day because they're pretty expensive, but yeah. Um, and this is all yeah, so I heart JK Rowling the whole time. Those were all I heart JK Rowling. Okay. Yeah. One I did last week, I did the, uh, adult human female definition mm -hmm. of a woman. And I had Posey Parker's website at the bottom because it's her creation. So I want to send people to her website. Yeah. Cause she's done as good a job or a better job than I think anyone in raising awareness about this issue. So so yeah, I did all that. And then when the billboard got taken down, I wasn't very happy about that. I mean, it was good that it got a lot of media and all that. It made media all over the world. But uh, it's not enough just to have one you know, day of news. And I didn't like being censored. So mm. I thought, well, they can't censor me if I wear my own billboard. So I got a couple signs made up and I wear them like a sandwich board. And if media won't report on any of this stuff, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just decided, well, the only way to get the message out is to have conversations with people one yeah. at a time. So I just hang out on street corners and I'm starting to go to universities now. And I just have conversations with whoever will have them. I just hang out and if someone wants to talk, I talk. I'm not does out your, there with a bullhorn or anything. Does your sign say the end of woman is nigh? <laughs> That's a good one. I should get that made up. <laughs> uh, I've had eight different signs made up. The police seized two of them, but they say the ones I wear now say children cannot consent to puberty blockers. Okay. And then it says stop the child abuse at the bottom. And on the reverse side, it says children are never born in the wrong body. Ban uh -huh. puberty blockers. Okay. And because that's my main campaign message is all about these puberty blockers. And you say because, that police yeah. are confiscating your... I got son. arrested. Well, I've been arrested twice. but Okay. I got For... arrested at, at the Vancouver Art Gallery okay. in October. Like criminal mischief or trespassing? Uh, they or? charged me with disturbing the peace. Okay. All right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a total violation of my my charter rights. In, in Canada, we have what's called the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Yeah. Which is like your First Amendment. Yeah. And it basically guarantees our freedom of speech, our freedom to assemble, our freedom to protest. And so in Vancouver, there's one area where all the protests always go on. And it's at the Vancouver Art Gallery. And there's a huge public square there. So when I go downtown, I can't go there now. I'm not allowed on those streets. But when I go downtown, I would go there because that's where just all the protesting always is. And there was some big protest going on that day. I think it was October 23rd. And I didn't really know what was going on, but there was about 1,500 people there. 
And so I just go to crowds because obviously my goal is to have conversations. So yeah. I just go wherever the people are. And I walked about 10 feet off the sidewalk and I immediately got surrounded by about 10 people. I've since learned these are Antifa members that were hanging out there. Mm. But um, I extracted myself from that circle and I walked over to the police because there were about 20 police officers there. And they just told me that this was my fault. What did your sign say on October 23rd? So the sign on my front said gender ideology does not belong in schools. Okay. And the sign on my back said I heart JK Rowling. Okay. Yeah. And I just stand there. I'm not shouting. I don't have a I just I just hang out. Literally, I just hang out. Yeah. Uh, super peaceful. I'm always calm. Because I know if I'm not calm, someone's going to get it on video, and that's not good. But yeah. anyway, um, so police weren't going to do anything. So a second time, I walked. I started just to walk off the sidewalk, and someone came and knocked my phone out of my hand, and my phone was sent flying. So I picked it up and I walked back to the police again. And you have to understand, there's like 20 police officers there. I just talked to them 10 seconds before. They're all watching, and none of them saw the phone go flying out of my hand. Yeah. They just didn't want to deal with me. Um, and so I, I captured all of this on video, by the way, which is great because I have a court date March 22nd. But they weren't going to do anything to keep me safe. And they were telling me not to, not to be there, not to walk into the crowd. And I know that violates my rights. And I was quite gobsmacked, to be honest, that they would even suggest that this was all my fault. When these violent people are coming at me, I'm not inciting anything. They're coming at me. And so I said, I'm allowed to be here. I'm allowed to go into that crowd. And the police officer said, you can, you can. And then this other police officer said, this is a safe space. And so a third time I walked in and a man, I got, people were swarming around me and a man came up and hit me in my signs, like right in my chest. And immediately, like not even half a second later, I didn't realize it, but three police officers had followed me into the crowd and they grabbed me from behind and they handcuffed me and they took me off to jail. Okay. And so I spent about four hours there and got released. And part of my release is I'm not allowed on any of the streets around the art gallery. So now when I go downtown, I just go a block away and I hang out there. So they detained, <clears throat> pardon me, they detained you for your safety or they detained you because you were inciting restless behavior from the highly agitated uh, yeah. anarchists. They blamed me for inciting hmm. them. Okay. Just just my signs, I guess. But I know my rights and I'm not going to I got stubborn and didn't mm -hmm. want to You know, I just felt it was really wrong, so <clears throat> I dug my heels in a little bit, but I'm not worried about it cuz nothing's going to happen. Um, our crown prosecutor, there's no way they're going to actually go forward with the charges. What are the charges? Disturbing the peace. Okay. But I did nothing except stand there. So okay, I'm allowed to do that. I would actually love a trial. It'd be great. It would attract media and start more conversations, right? Yeah. Yeah. It seems like they have a chip on their shoulder that they're just waiting for you to knock off. And you went up there and you kind of um, disturbed it with your winds of signage and then the, the police uh, fall on their side. The police and the, uh, I guess, even the politicians fall on the side of a hierarchy of rights. And free speech is of a lesser right than protecting a certain class that you are offending. Yeah, or maybe they just didn't want to deal with a whole bunch of violent people. And it was just easier to take care of me. Yeah, yeah. And then they took my signs as well. And they weren't going to take my signs. I was supposed to get them when I got released. But then as they were releasing me, they said, oh, we're keeping your signs for evidence. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, evidence, really? You can take a picture. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so I guess huh. I'll get them back in maybe in March. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I have six more signs now. And more people are starting to come out with me, which is okay. really nice. Okay. Yeah. And I was going to asked yeah. about that is the uh, are you moving the overton window the realm of acceptable discourse are you inching that broader are you is it I are think you making so. any progress well, i i think so i mean i've been downtown a lot 
So, you know, on any given day, maybe 50,000 people see me, maybe more, because yeah. there's a lot of cars driving by and everything. And uh, there's been some media and all that. So, you know, people are aware. They've seen me hanging out. And I've been in other cities as well. And I went back east to Ottawa, which is our capital of Canada. And I protested outside Justin Trudeau's home. And oh. I went to Toronto and I went to Montreal. And I've been to Victoria three times now, which is where our provincial government is over on Vancouver Island. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just there a few days ago and I went to the University of Victoria. And boy, oh boy, that's just, uh, these kids, they, they've just been fed so many lies and they're not capable of having proper discourse and mm. they don't understand the issues. They just think it's all about being kind. Yeah. They don't really understand what's happening, which is fine. Like, I understand it. They're, they're young and they'll get there eventually, most of them. But I feel it's really important that we talk to our youth and to our young adults because that's the head of the snake. That's where all this is coming from. They're the ones being indoctrinated in schools in British Columbia now from kindergarten right on up. Hmm. So I just feel it's really important to get conversations going because if yeah. we're not allowed to speak about these issues, we'll never resolve any of these issues. So it's, it's very one-sided at the moment. Yeah, it sounds like your campaign is principally about raising awareness. Yes. So with that as kind of cornerstone, what what's the two or three essential issues that you want conversation on? Well, first of all, we shouldn't be blocking puberty in children. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, a lot of important biological processes happen during puberty. Um, you know, I think it's pretty obvious, but with girls, I mean, their breasts aren't going to grow. Their pelvises aren't going to expand. Their bones don't gain any density. Studies show that IQ gets affected. It even affects height. We've got young adults with early onset osteoporosis. Other organs are being damaged. And 99% of the time when these kids go on puberty blockers, they go on to cross-sex hormones. So girls are going on testosterone. Boys are going on estrogen. We're sterilizing these young adults, these youth. Um, oftentimes, after a few years of going on testosterone, there's such damage done to their uterus that they have to get hysterectomies. And so this is just medical malpractice on a massive scale, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And it's all based on a lie. Which is? so. <laughs> well, there's a number of lies, but... You can't change your sex. I mean, you, gender, depending on how you define gender, I guess. You know, if people want to present as the other gender, if they want to embrace whatever stereotypes, that's great. Go for it. But what we're doing is we're taking young gays and lesbians and we're telling them in school that because their interests are more traditionally what we would associate with the opposite gender, that they actually are the opposite gender. So a tomboy is an actual boy. And in these gender clinics, a great percentage of the children showing up at these gender clinics have autism. Almost all of these kids have comorbidities. They've got anxiety or depression going on. Or if they're just allowed to grow up and go through puberty, they might find out that they're gay or lesbian. And so what we're actually doing is conversion therapy in reverse. In Canada, we have this new bill about to become a law, which is about banning conversion therapy. C6. Yes. Yeah. And so I was campaigning against that a lot as well. But, I mean, the truth is that we're converting kids with this gender ideology nonsense. Mm. Um. And it's all been pumped into our system by activists who scream really loudly when anyone speaks against them. And our politicians and our media don't want to report the truth because they'll get canceled. Mm. And so it's a very abusive environment. I mean, I've had about 50 death threats and all sorts of other nonsense going on all the time. 
Yeah. People have targeted my wife where she works even. And, uh, you know, I was just sitting around last year and every week and every month, things seem to be getting more and more crazy. The United Nations <laughs> for Women Division, whatever it's called, UN Women, can't even spell the word women. It's spelled <laughs> W-O-M-X-N. On Womixen. Yeah. On International <laughs> Women's Day, they can't even spell the word women because that's inclusive, apparently, is to include all women, including the ones with, you know, penises. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just mad. And, you know, you have cancer institutes coming out, not referring to women. They refer to people with a cervix mm -hmm. or individuals with a uterus or whatever. Like the word woman is taboo because some men are going to get upset that they're not included in the definition. We have Vancouver Rape Relief here in Vancouver, which is the oldest rape shelter in Canada. And um, a trans woman named Morgane Auger campaigned with the city of Vancouver to take funding away from this rape shelter and succeeded because this is the only rape shelter in Vancouver that doesn't allow natal men to enter. All the other rape shelters they can go to, trans women can go to the other rape shelters. But I think it's kind of reasonable to have at least one rape shelter that's just for natal women because it might be a little bit triggering for women who have been abused, raped for years, struggling with addiction, who knows what, to have a man enter this premises. I mean, this is pretty obvious that hmm. we should have a safe, safe space for women who have been abused. But we can't even have that anymore. So all of this is just pure madness. And, uh, hmm. and I was sitting around and I looked around one day and I'm 45 years old now and I looked around and I thought who is going to take a big stand here and a lot of women are and a lot of men are but for me it's really important that this goes out on the street because we're not reaching 99% of people it might feel like we are when hmm. you get a thousand likes or two thousand likes on a tweet yeah but it's mostly just the same people in that echo chamber that we're reaching all the time. Mm -hmm. You're not going to reach construction workers. You're not going to reach regular folk that aren't on Twitter, which most aren't. And so I just thought, well, I know I'm going to get a bunch of abuse, but that'll die down. Mm -hmm. And it was crazy for a while, but it has died down because they couldn't cancel me. And uh, I'm self-employed, right? Yeah. They've tried to get insurance companies i'm an insurance broker they've tried to get every insurance company to cut ties with me but there's not a legal basis for doing that so okay. yeah anyway i just plus thought, you well, took insurance out on that anyways right <laughs> yeah i wish i could <laughs> but uh, is there cancellation insurance we should start a company actually no kidding yeah if you get canceled and fired from your job yeah that's a good idea actually Pay some premiums and yeah, we'll, we'll give you a hundred grand. It's like critical illness insurance, except it's cancellation insurance. Yeah, it's cold, cultural illness insurance. <laughs> <laughs> cultural illness insurance. I love it. Actually, this is a great is, idea. This is uh, there's yeah. there's money to be made here, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, but I just thought like I'm going to turn to Ash one day. Mm. Do I want to look back at this culture and say I didn't do anything? Yeah. When I have two little girls. Yeah. I just thought, nah, let's go for it. So. That's what I'm doing. And I'm sure a lot of people think I'm crazy. And I've taken abuse from a lot of people on all sides, even my own side, because nobody knew who I was. So it's natural for people to project things onto me and to speculate and to assume I have ulterior motives or something. But honestly, I'm just doing this because I think it's the right thing to do. Okay. And what was the, what was the thing that kind of broke the camel's back? Like, what was the incident that you're like, I have to take action? Well, there, there's been a few things. I, I don't know if there was one single thing, but um, certainly when Posey Parker got censored like that, I just said, no, this is, this is garbage. We got to stand up and fight back because this cancel culture and this censorship is absolutely bonkers and our society is going insane. So yes. we have to speak up. Yeah. And I've 
you know, I went to the courthouse last January to a hearing of Jessica Yaniv. Oh. Who's, who's, who's pretty famous for targeting mostly South Asian women. Yeah. I think 16 or 18 women. Uh, Jessica Yaniv went to almost all of them working out of their homes, many of them with small children present. Many of them hardly spoke English because they were recent immigrants to the country. Mm-hmm. And Yaniv targeted these women to wax Yaniv's balls. And that's not a service they provide. They wouldn't feel safe doing that in their home, of course. Mm-hmm. And immediately, Yaniv tried to extort them, got some women to close down their business, took some to the Human Rights Tribunal. And so anyway, I went to this hearing at the courthouse near my house. Mm-hmm. And I met a woman there uh, who was doing some freelance journalism that day. She's also a nurse, and she just had to use the washroom. And she asked if I'd seen where Yaniv and their mother had gone. And I didn't think they'd gone to the washroom, but they had. So anyway, this woman, her name is Amy Ham, And she went to use the washroom. She opened the door, and Yaniv was there at the mirror. So she immediately backed out. Nothing happened. Opened the door, closed the door. Five minutes later, Yaniv came storming down the corridor in the courthouse with three court sheriffs in tow and an RCMP officer yelling at her, calling her names, and accusing her of voyeurism in the washroom, accusing her of taking Yaniv's picture in the washroom. Hmm. And so the court sheriff looked at her phone, and of course there was nothing there. And then Yaniv went on social media and said they had to go to a rape shelter and had to call an ambulance. And anyway, this person has mental problems, obviously. Yeah, and I really don't like talking bit. about them. Maybe. I really don't like talking about them because they're just... Yeah. Uh, attention whore. Yeah. But... And that person has charges filed against them now for threatening my life and all that, too. Oh, okay. Um, so you've so, been in the crossfires of uh, Yaniv, yeah. then. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, anyway, all this, it's just crazy. And so... Yeah, I don't know. I'm a little nuts, I guess. And I just decided to take a stand and Mm. fight for my girls. Yeah, yeah. And other kids, too. And what's what's happened during this time is parents keep reaching out to me. Parents that can't speak out because their kids have gender dysphoria. Their daughters are affected. And if the parents speak out, their daughters will, you know, they're more likely to cut them off Mm -hmm. and stop talking to them. Mm -hmm. And it's a bit heartbreaking to hear all these things that are happening. So... Uh, hmm. I don't know. I just feel a responsibility, I guess, to to do some stuff, and I'm in this now, so I might as well keep going. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. And, like and, you're, I'm sure you've faced a lot of abuse. You keep doing these podcasts, and you have a big following, so you know a bit what it's like, right? Yeah, I I uh, I have a particular strategy that insulates me from most of the abuse, uh, being, uh, inquisitive, uh, as I am and, and taking a very particular tact with it. Right. So you have, it seems like you're, you're going about the, just expanding the window of acceptable discourse, just getting it out there, uh, raising awareness, I guess is the most, uh, you know, vanilla term for that what yeah. are the what are the programs that you're running right now uh i i see that you're doing a lot of fundraising this is all for just posters and just signage right i mean yeah people yeah people are being great they're donating and it helps me mm-hmm. to take time away because every time i go out i'm not working yeah so i'm losing money i'm not necessarily spending money but i'm not making any money so that's a big cost yeah you know I'm probably out $15,000 or something since I started this. Um, oh. And I'm not, a, I'm not a wealthy guy by any means. I basically did this from nothing. Yeah. Um, but when I can, I, I get out there. Yeah. And uh, I'm just out to have one conversation at a time because it's my belief, and this is kind of a faith-based approach, not from a religious sense at all. But um, faith in humanity. Faith that... If enough people learn what's going on, some people that are much more capable than me will take action. People who can affect change. Okay. Because all I can do is just have one conversation at a time. Okay. But those conversations beget many other conversations. Yeah. When I was at the University of Victoria a few days ago, maybe I only spoke with 15 students. 
but you know when they go back to residence that they're talking to yeah. their friends about this terrible bigot that was outside the university <laughs> and it's sparking conversations and someone sent me screenshots actually a couple days ago of one of the university of victoria facebook groups and it totally exploded with conversation okay so that's huge you know yeah yeah so um i plan on going to pretty much every major university in canada when lockdown ends if and yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah if i'm sure this virus will mutate enough any day now to lock us all down again but uh you know it's you don't have to talk to a million people if you talk to a thousand people which i've done Mm -hmm. they all talk to more people and Mm -hmm. And awareness gradually spreads because none of this comes from a position of hate. This is purely about child safeguarding. Okay. And then women's rights as well. But it's, it's a little weird for a guy to talk about women's rights all the time. <laughs> um, Tell me about it. You know, women are doing a great job of that. Of course, I can talk about it. I have girls, so yeah, um, it is important to me. But really the head of the snake, where all of this is emanating from, is in our school system. Mm-hmm. In kindergarten here, for example, we have a lesson plan that I downloaded from the teaching website, and it's where kindergartens can role play being non-binary. They practice their pronouns. Mm-hmm. So four and five-year-olds will get given, depending on their teacher, they get given a little card that says, hi, my name's Sheila, please call me they. Or hi, my name's Jim, please call me she. She. These kids were in diapers two years ago. Yeah, yeah. They're babies. They're babies. Yeah, yeah. And there are stories, true stories, of kids coming home, girls coming home in tears because their teacher told them they were a boy. Like, this is madness. Mm -hmm. This is absolute madness. So by the time they get to high school, it depends on the teachers that they've had, really, um, because teachers have autonomy to teach uh, pretty much however they want, but they are supposed to teach the curriculum, which the Ministry of Education sets down. The Ministry of Education doesn't actually dictate which materials are provided, but they did fund a company called the ARC Foundation, which provided all of these lesson plans for sexual orientation and gender identity. Mm-hmm. And no one really has any problem with the sexual orientation materials. I don't think maybe five-year-olds should be learning about that, maybe grade four or five. But this gender identity stuff is not based in science. It's an ideology. Hmm. And we don't teach any other ideology in school. So why are we teaching this one as though it's scientific fact? Because mm-hmm. it's not. Well, it's, it's more important than science. It's your identity. It's more important than your body. It's yeah. your immortal soul. Uh, that's okay. what I've garnered from my explorations into the source material that they're teaching. Yeah, it's a feeling. Yeah, it, it is. And these materials themselves are full of flaws, according to the activists themselves. They're just full of flaws. Hmm. You know, like if you look at the gender-bred person, you've probably seen that beautiful handout. You know, rate yourself on a scale of 0 to 100, Benjamin. (laughs) Do you like pink? Do you like trucks? Do you like to play in the dirt? Do you like dresses? I mean, I'm wearing pink today. You are. Showing my gender fluidity today, and uh, yeah. dapper, maybe dapper maybe man. I'm a thirty on the scale of zero to one hundred. So maybe I'm mostly boy, mostly masculine. but a little bit girl. So yeah, that's an accent. Yeah, just yeah. Like little, little flames on the side of the gender <laughs> track. <laughs> there, that, that's what I need. That'll make me more masculine for sure. So, are you connected with any groups? Um, you sound like kind of a lone ranger at this point, but are you connected? Are you forming? Are you moving in the direction of some sort of coalition or? I'm I'm a lone ranger. Yeah. And uh, I just believe that just going out there and doing this pretty simple work of having conversations, I hoped that it would inspire other people to do the same. Mm-hmm. And it has. Uh, there's some people down in California that put up some billboards and started protests. And just yeah. just two days ago, what day is it? It's the 16th. Yeah. Two days ago, there was 
one dad protesting at Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto. There was a protest in Connecticut, Hartford, Connecticut, and there was a protest at the Children's Hospital in LA. And these are so, all about uh, puberty preventing blockers. children from um, being put on puberty uh, blocking medication. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This drug is called Lupron. And it was originally given FDA approval to treat prostate cancer mm -hmm. and endometriosis in women. And it's completely experimental on these kids. It's been prescribed to children, almost always girls, with a condition known as precocious puberty, where they enter puberty really young, you know, six years old, seven years old. Hmm. But then they would come off of that before they're supposed to hit puberty. Yeah. So then they can naturally go through puberty. Um, I'm not sure I even agree with that. I was talking to a mom the other day in Victoria. Her daughter, she didn't have precocious puberty, but she was very fully developed at the age of 10. Oh, wow. And that's very hard for a girl. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, it's, puberty's harder for girls. It just is, because they go from being these perfect, innocent little children, and they're still perfect and innocent, but now suddenly they're getting sexualized and leered at by men yeah. and dealing with way more stuff than we ever had to deal with. What happens to us? Nothing. Get bigger and stronger. You know? Hmm. But for girls, it's a lot harder. And it's always been a lot harder. And it's yeah. always going to be a lot harder. But the solution to that isn't to escape by blocking puberty and playing God with children's bodies. Hmm. Mm -hmm. This is absolute madness. Whether you believe we can, whether you believe we were created by God or we evolved, it doesn't matter. Why are we playing mad scientist with children's bodies? There's no long-term studies done into these things. And the only studies that there are show that they don't provide any psychological benefit. This, the Tavistock is the gender clinic in the UK. And they did their own study. It's a pretty small study. I think it was only 44 kids. But their own study showed that these puberty blockers didn't provide any psychological benefit. And they sat on this study for nine years and they never released it. Mm -hmm. And so other studies show that it doesn't help with suicide rates. That's the number one thing you always hear from these activists when I'm talking on the street. You know, I'm, I'm going to be killing kids with my message. Kids are going to kill themselves if they're not allowed to go on puberty blockers. They're weaponizing suicide in order to shut down conversation almost every time. Because what, does, what do most people say to that? Oh, well, we don't want kids killing themselves. I better shut up. But it's not true. It's just a lie to silence conversation. And, you know, the more stories you read from people who have, from kids who have gone through this, who have now detransitioned, oftentimes their dysphoria gets worse with these puberty blockers. I just tweeted out um, one young lady's story today of how her dysphoria got much worse when she got her double mastectomy done. You know, that's another thing. 16-year-olds can get double mastectomies now without parents' approval. When I was in Toronto, a mom reached out to me and her daughter went to Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto, didn't tell her mother, and the doctors won't release any information to the parent because she's 16 years old now, so she's deemed to be a mature minor. Okay. And it's social media influences, it's YouTube videos, it's speakers that come to schools. Um, I saw you commented on one of my videos that I posted the other day of this woman basically yelling at me how abusive I was on a street corner in Victoria there. She actually interrupted the conversation I was having with a mom whose child on the very first day of school this past September, the teacher asked the class for their preferred names and pronouns. And uh, this girl has been having a bit of a tough time and she's the one that, you know, hit puberty really early and she just saw it as a way to kind of escape. Mm -hmm. And so she decided to try out being a boy. Yeah. And, oh man, hmm. the, <laughs> I don't want to say too much cause I don't want to possibly identify the, the person, but it's just, uh, it's just totally heartbreaking. You know, having a counselor should not be telling a 11 year old how to get binders without their mom knowing. Hmm. Systemic. Systemic.
Structural 100%. abuse. It's crazy. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, I have an 11-year-old. Yeah. This is nuts. I think I think she still believes in Santa because I've done a really good job. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she doesn't and she just doesn't want to hurt my feelings, but so a lot of these kids, you know, they still believe in these things. And now we're supposed to let them self-diagnose mm-hmm. with these conditions and we just go along with it and affirm them only. If a child goes to the BC Children's Hospital, it's two appointments to get puberty blockers. The first appointment is with a nurse or a social worker. It's an intake appointment. The second appointment is with the endocrinologist who affirms only. Mm. They're not exploring what led to this. Mm -hmm. There's no long process of psychotherapy. It's affirmation only. And it's this drug called Lupron, which is also used to chemically castrate sex offenders. It's a very harsh drug. Mm -hmm. And we're giving it to babies. So I call them babies because they are. They don't think they are, but they're super young. Their brains are still forming. Your brains keep forming until you're about 25 years of age. I know when I was that age, oh my goodness, like any adult knows we think completely different than we do at that age. But we didn't have to deal with social media like these kids do. So, Hmm. you know, parents, keep your kids off social media. (laughs) (laughs) Like, really, they'll be fine. It's, It's a bad place. Yeah. Well, it's everywhere now. It's in their uh, school environment, their doctor environment. I keep on, I just, I keep on getting shocked when, you know, adults are acting or asking 11, 12 year olds what their sexuality is. I just heard that the other day. Somebody had a doctor's appointment and their son was asked what his sexuality was. He's like, at 11? At 12? What's your gender? What's your sexuality? It's like, wait. Why are we why are we pushing this? I guess it went from acceptance and we don't want you to feel uh, alone if you happen to be homosexual and you know you're not really well represented in the media. So we went from that to now we're pushing it. We're pushing, we're pushing sexuality, mm-hmm. we're pushing this whole made up category of gender which is a completely other realm of belief. Yeah. onto the children. Yeah, I, I hear stories all the time. It's yeah. you're celebrated. And I, I want to word this properly because it sounds almost hateful, but kids get celebrated for being transgender. Whereas they might not have had a good social circle before or a lot of friends. If they come out as transgender, it's like a classic cult tactic and they get love bombed mm-hmm. and celebrated. And all these schools have sexuality and gender clubs in high school now whatever they're called and uh yeah it makes them feel good because it feels good to get love bombed right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. love bombing is like all sorts of people now supporting you and yeah whereas before maybe you were just invisible yeah yeah or craving that yeah for sure yeah yeah. So what do you have like a website? Do you have a place for people uh, to, to catch up it. on your uh, your exploits I, and gender I, uh, conversations? I, uh, I will. I keep putting it off because it hasn't really been my priority, but I registered billboardchris.com. So oh, okay. That, that's I'll try your... to get, maybe I'll try to get that up in a couple of days. Just a basic one anyway. But I do all my campaigning on Twitter. Yeah. I just don't have time for all the different platforms. Yeah. I do have a small group on Facebook, but I do the campaigning on Twitter because Twitter is unique because you can reach anybody there. You can reach celebrities. You can mm. reach anybody. Yeah. Um, and I'm careful in what I say because I don't want to get banned. <laughs> so I've, I've pretty much figured out a way to not get suspended. Yeah. The key is to never reply. Exactly. Or I keep engage on telling that. at all. Just don't, don't engage. Don't just engage. don't. I just block them on site. Yeah. I'm not there to talk or argue with people. I'm just there to help educate mm-hmm. and inform and make aware those who don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, if people want to engage with them, it's I guess it's fun sometimes. 
every, they can do Twitter however they want. But if you want to stay on the platform, just don't engage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or if you do engage, then play their language game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're not scoring any points by, you know, saying he instead of she. Yeah. Really. It's just stay on the platform. You need to reach people. So yeah. stay on that, the platform. That particular linguistic ship has sailed. Yeah. 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 We're not going to win that battle right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to change for a long time. Yeah. Not in North America anyway. At least we can help people um, grow a spine and stand up for uh, at least preserving childhood. Uh, I, I, that's my that's one of my cornerstones too, uh, preserving childhood, women's rights as well. Um, as yeah. you said, the women the women have that kind of covered, but childhood yeah. is something that is sacred, and uh, taking that away uh, from children. Uh, under the auspices of what I can only see of as a system of belief that is defiant against reality, not even just denying yeah. reality, but defiant of reality. I don't think it's worth it. I don't think it's worth the lives of uh, an entire generation. Um, you know, a hundred years ago, 80 years ago, we performed lobotomies on people. And it was sold as this new miracle science. Mm -hmm. It's going to cure all these disorders. And we stuck ice picks into people's brains. Oh, cutting the fibers. Yeah. Connecting their prefrontal cortex. And, and we look back on this with such horror and say, oh, humans were so dumb back then. How could they think that this was going to be beneficial for anybody? And we think we're this advanced culture now. We're doing the same thing. These puberty blockers are, they are a lobotomy for the endocrine system. Hmm. But it's worse because we're doing this to children. Hmm. And not just are we doing this to children. It's state-sponsored child abuse. The government's all in on this. Hmm. I went to Victoria in October to try to meet with the Minister of Education. And we were in the middle of a provincial election. So I protested or had conversations. I prefer to call it having conversations out on the street all day. And on my way back to my hotel, I just stumbled upon the headquarters for their campaign office. So our provincial party is called the NDP, the New mm -hmm. Democratic Party. But they're really pretty far left wing. Mm -hmm. They're like the union party. All the union people support them and fund them. Anyway, I thought, oh, what a great opportunity. There's their campaign headquarters. So I pulled into the parking lot and I walked right in. And there were about 10 NDP members doing all their campaign work, putting their signs together and all that. And so in Victoria, there are two ridings. The Minister of Education has one riding. And there was another candidate named Grace Lohr who was running. And the, our Minister of Education at the time was Rob Fleming. He's since been shuffled out of that position. But... Grace was there. So I just started talking to her and I just started laying out all the things that are happening to kids, to women's rights, sports, shelters, women's spaces, puberty blockers, all of it. Hmm. And she just listened nicely. And then the person beside her started to listen. And then this person over here started to listen. And one by one, the whole room of about 10 people just fell silent. And I had about eight or nine minutes just to run and lay out all these different issues. And I finally got to the issue where here in British Columbia and all across Canada, we are sending male sex offenders into women's prisons just because they self-identify. And women are getting raped in women's prisons. <laughs> I can't like to even say those words is just mind boggling. Like, how is this happening? Anyway, it's happening. And I, I talked a little about that, and that was the straw that broke the camel's back. They shut me down. This woman came and shut me down, and they always use the same wording. I was making them feel unsafe. Oh, Benjamin. but you, they're yeah. your representatives. They're my representatives, but I was making them feel unsafe by telling them the truth. Just the truth. Just calmly speaking the truth. And so I got booted out of there, <laughs> and I still wanted to speak with the Minister of Education, they took down my name and number 
And I'd previously met with the heads of my school district, two of the executives, who had told me to go talk to him because they can't do anything. So anyway, I went back there the next morning. And their response to hearing all of this truth about all of these abuses going on, their response was to hang the transgender flag underneath the Minister of Education's political poster and to lock me out and not talk to me. <laughs> and he was in there and I protested outside that building for about three or four hours until he came out and I got him on camera. I just asked him, why are you refusing to meet with me? And his response was just simply, why would I? Well, because I'm a father of girls in the education system and you're the minister of education and there are grave concerns going on and we should be able to talk about these issues. But they refuse to talk about it and they just double down because they're politicians and they're afraid of the backlash or whatever, yeah. you know. In Canada, you can't be a political candidate with any strong views at all. No, no major party will have you. The Conservative Party won't have you either. So Bill C-6, as you're aware, is about banning conversion therapy based on people's sexual orientation and gender identity. So it says in the preamble to this bill that it is a myth that gender identity ever changes. Okay. Um, how do you explain detransitioners? Mm -hmm. How do you explain the activists' own language about gender fluidity? You know, some days you can be a boy, some days you can be a girl. Non-binary. Um, so the wording in this bill, right from the very outset, like the first paragraph, is factually flawed. Well, they won't, ideologically yeah. flawed, according to their own logic. I didn't yeah, like, if, uh, yeah. It's not even facts at that point. Correct. It, of course, it's all made up. But even according to their own made-up yeah. language, it's not even it's contrary internally to what they say themselves. coherent. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, yeah. you know, I, I wrote this super long Twitter thread, like 130 tweets long, mm -hmm. laying out everything. And in every single tweet, I was tagging different members of parliament. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because then every time someone likes the tweet or retweets the tweet, all these MPs are getting notifications. So I thought this would be a smart way to get them reading this thread. But they won't listen. And then... So what, happened in, what happens when a bill becomes law here in Canada, it goes through three readings with the members of parliament. So second reading, this bill passed. 308 votes, yes. Seven votes, no. Seven conservatives voted no. All male, by the way. Hmm. One of them has since been kicked out of his own party. For unrelated... Things uh, not really. I mean, that's part of it, but he's too much of a maverick. Okay. You know, he's, huh. he has his own views on some things and that's not allowed to be a member of any of our major political parties. You have to 100% be a follower. Hmm. So the only people who get into politics or the only people even allowed into politics, they just have to go along Yeah. or else they're kicked out. Yeah. And you can't win a seat as an independent or, or some, you know, super small alternative party. So the only people that ever get into politics and succeed are just 100% followers. Uh -huh. You know, I could never run for any political party. None of them would have me. I'm way too dangerous because I dare to speak out about gender ideology. Yeah. Not that I want to anyway. I think being a politician would be the most terrible thing. But sometimes, I mean, people that don't want to be politicians have to run, I guess, because that's the only way you affect change sometimes. But yeah, yeah. But I just believe, you know, our politicians are such cowards. I believe that if we continue having conversations and enough of the population gets outraged by finding yeah. out the truth and parents find out the truth, eventually maybe the tide turns, maybe. But we're probably going to need lawsuits just like hmm. we had in the UK. And in case anyone's not aware, in England, the High Court of England in December ruled exactly what my signs say, which is that children cannot consent to puberty blockers. Because a very brave woman named Kira Bell and another minor who can't be named sued the Tavistock, which is the gender clinic in the UK, because they were just rushed into these puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, then double mastectomy. And then with Kira Bell, she realized in her 20s that she's a lesbian. But lesbians are being converted to the other gender because of this false ideology. Hmm. And they're being harmed medically. 
And so that was a monumental court case. So all the children under 16 years of age have to come off the puberty blockers. They already did. And any, any child age 16 or 17, the lead clinician would need to go and get approval from the court in yeah. order to prescribe these puberty blockers. But that's not going to happen. So that was a great case. And our politicians are so weak. I just think we need to find some brave souls here in Canada okay. to do the same thing. Okay. So I'm trying to find some people to do that too, because I've, through this, I've ended up making connections with some really powerful activists who've been doing this activism for 20, 30 years, and they're connected to lawyers. And so if anyone wants to sue, we'll help you. Okay. For sure. Putting that out there. Yep. hundred percent. We've yeah, a few landmark court cases can uh, turn uh, the conversation or turn the, at least the law. Yeah, because yeah. children cannot consent to these. Like the high court said, children need to be able to understand, retain, and weigh all of these different factors. Yeah. Their sexual function is going to be affected for life. We're sterilizing these kids. They're never going to be able to have babies. They're dealing with pain, serious pain from these surgeries. They're having to get hysterectomies because of atrophy of their uterus. And we're turning them into lifelong medical patients. Mm -hmm. This stuff isn't a joke. Scott Nugent, who is a trans man down in Texas, had to spend over $900,000 to deal with complications from his surgeries. And spent, you know, a year and a half, 17 months to be exact, in excruciating pain lying on the bathroom floor at night, unable to get to the washroom because of infections with his bladder. You know, with respectful people, I respect their pronouns. And Scott is advocating as hard as anyone to keep these meds away from kids. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, when you've been through it, you know better than anyone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we, we, have to, we have to sue more, and I'm confident that will happen, but it's a very hard thing let alone, it's very hard for these kids to even acknowledge that they made a mistake in transitioning mm -hmm. and to come out publicly. It's an even harder thing to take this burden on your shoulders and sue. Uh, Kira Bell is extremely brave because she became the focus of the whole world mm -hmm. that's interested in this gender ideology. Um, and that's a really hard thing to do for a young woman or a young man, because it's just harder when you're young, right? We're old. <laughs> <laughs> who cares who comes for us now, you know? Hmm. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for joining me. Thanks for uh, being out there and putting out the word, uh, whether it be on your own person or on uh, billboards and stuff. And I'll link people to your Twitter, I guess, is the best place to contact you and to, yeah. to watch your yeah. exploits uh, as they unfold yeah. so on the street. Billboard Chris is my nickname, uh, given to me by one of uh, Posey Parker's viewers, and I thought that's a good one. There you go. But my handle is Christoph with a PH, Christoph Elston, E L S T O N. But if you search Billboard Chris, I'm sure you'll find me. And yeah, Benjamin, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I, I appreciate Absolutely. you helping to boost this message. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And I'll so, be I'll be out there on the street if anyone wants to come and visit me. Oh, this is the best thing. People are finally coming to come and hang out. Because it's a very scary thing for women because there's a lot of abuse out there. Mm -hmm. And they get threatened and all that. But you know what? Once you're out there and you're just hanging out on the street, it's really not that scary. Just grab a burly man, grab a husband, grab a boyfriend, or just come and hang out with me. And I'll shield you with my signs because it's, it's more impactful when there's more people out there for sure. Yeah. 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 And you'll be there. I'll be there all the time. Yeah. Every week, probably twice a week. I try to get out there. Great. Well, and I'll probably well, be downtown Vancouver tomorrow. Actually, it's going to be a nice day. So I'm going to head downtown in the morning and, uh, yeah, I might hang out all day or I might have to leave about 1.30 p.m., but mm -hmm. I'll be down there. But, yeah, I usually post on Twitter when I'm going to be out. So people should come on down. I'm not Great. scary, no matter what people say. <laughs> <laughs> you don't seem scary, Chris. Sorry to say. 
if you yeah. had dreams of being a monster. No, no I, I don't. But rumors, <laughs> rumors flew a little bit when I first started doing this stuff. Yeah. But yeah. No, I'm just out there trying to have conversations. Congratulations for reaching the end of the discussion. If you enjoyed it, do be sure to leave a review or a comment or a thumbs up or whatever you need to do to show that glorious algorithm that this is some good stuff. And do be sure to go and check that back catalog as it is brimming full of fantastic conversations. Links to provide monetary support are down there in the description as well. Have a good night.